Okay, so we're going to learn Daf Yud Zayin. Uh, we started right at the end, the price on Tessayin Mubiz, where the Gemara brought him, Achlokas Bishan about the judgment, loss of Lavo, what exactly is going to happen to the people who are in the middle. So the Gemara seemed pretty clear that there were three groups, definitely a group of three. There's Sadiqim and Risham. The Sadiqim get, uh, are, are, are sealed for eternal life. The Risham are sealed for immediately for Ganim. But what exactly happens to Ganim? So we had two views. Bishamai said they go to Ganim, they scream in pain, and then they come up quickly. This was the idea. They get purified uh, through that. And then Basil says, what are you talking about? There's a concept in the Torah, one of you give me those, Virav Chesed. Virav Chesed means like Baruch who tilts the scales. So if it's like in the middle, no problem. Hashem just tips it in the favor and everything's good. So it sounds like from Basil that if the Benonim don't have to go to Ganim. Bishamai was saying the Benonim go to Ganim, they ascend. And then they quickly send. Mitzel is saying, no, the scales just tilt. Everything is good without them going to Ganem. So now, and the Gemara even quoted the Pasuk, right? That's what David Amalek was talking about there in that Pasuk. So now we're continuing about seven lines down, where the Gemara is going to talk about two especially wicked people. Okay, so the Gemara gives Poshe Yisrael Begufa. The people who are Poshe Yisrael, they're, they're, they're rebels. Jewish rebels, they sin with their body. They rebel with their body. And rebels from Gagayim with their body. Now the Gemara is going to tell us what, they, what, what exactly are these people doing? In what way are they rebelling? But people who are rebels, in the Ganim, these people go to Ganim and they're punished for 12 months in Ganim. After 12 months, their body is totally burned and the soul is totally burned. There's a concept of a total burning of the soul in 12 months time in Ganim for these people. And then the wind scatters the ashes, it seems like from the neshama as well, under the, the feet of the tzaddikim. You could, it's going to talk about the tzaddikim, that they're able to, to, to step on the wicked people because they turn into afer, they turn into ashes, under, the, under your feet. So this is a really interesting point now. Here how we have this idea of the transformation to ashes of the soul, but specifically towards these categories, to specifically towards the people who have, um, who sin with their body, the rebels of the Jewish people with their body, and the rebels of the non-Jewish people with their body. Now what we still have to see in the Gemara is that where does this fit into the three categories? Meaning, it sounded pretty simple when we started, but now it's getting complicated. It was simple, there are three categories, Sadiqim, Risham, Sadiqim have eternal life, Risham have eternal Gehenim. It sounded really simple. The Benonim either have a little Gehenim or according to Beit the scales just tilted. Where are these people filling in? These people are what? Are they included in Sadiqim? They're including Risham, they're included in Benonim, they're their own category. They're judged for 12 months in Gehenim and then they're totally consumed, totally burned by ash. We have to figure that out a little bit. Where they're falling into. This is just a fourth category, so we'll see as we go forward. So these are people, these are the really bad. These are people, basically, they're against the very, and it's not just that they sin in an external way, but they're against a total internal way. They try to hurt the Jewish people really much internally. So these are people who informing on the Jewish people, people who are against like, the very um, fundamentals of faith, these types of things here. Not someone who's, um, you know, a bad atheist, but someone who's a really bad atheist, you know, somebody who's, who's out lahachas a little bit over here. So these people should cover with Torah, who deny the, that the Torah ever existed, should cover with Chiz Amazim, they deny the existence of Chiz Amazim, they separate themselves from the ways of the community. So this is a really interesting thing. So Rashi struggles with this. Is this his own category, or is that just like a description of the people that we've had before? Uh, the people who put all, they make everybody scared of them. 
and we're going to see what in the world this is. But it's basically very bad leaders. Okay, we'll talk about them as we go forward. People who sin but cause other people to sin as well. In other words, it's not just that they sin, but they're trying to get everybody to sin with them. He was the first Jewish king, the Malcha Yisrael from the ten tribes. It was a breakaway from, from the kings of Judah. And uh, Rechavim, you know, he was nervous about what Rechavim was done to. Rechavim pretty much made a split, made his own base of Mikdash, tried to make his own holidays. Very scary things. He got everyone to try to do Gehenim, uh, to try to do Avodah Zarah. So Yardin the Gehenim, so they go to Gehenim and they're punished there, punished there for eternity. So meaning, it sounds like this is a worse category. The previous category, the Poshis, Rabbi Gufan, the rebels with their body, they just have 12 months in Gehenim. Then they're totally consumed into ash, and then they go under the feet of the tzaddikim. Here, these people have an eternal sense of ganim, no matter what. Shinamar v'tzurim levalosol, and their form, meaning the form of the soul, is going to be longer than shaol. Shaol is ganim, but it's like an interesting point here that even past ganim's existence, if there is such an idea, the the soul's burning and destruction will outlive that. Now, it's obviously very our point, right? The marshal is bothered. It's like. If the Gehenim, how can you outlive Gehenim in your punishment in Gehenim? Like the whole point is that they're eternally in Gehenim, but what does this mean that they're beyond Gehenim? Like it's obviously a difficult concept. The Chokach Lama, why is it, why are they punished to such an extent? Because they're against Zvul. Zvul is usually a reference to the term of the Beis HaMikdash. So we're saying that these people's actions, they, 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 they're, um, they deny the existence of the base of Mikdash. They cause it to be destroyed, and now that they exist, they deny it to be rebuilt. In other words, so that's something which is more, um, which is which has greater ramifications. Shinamar mizuvul lo. It says the end of the pasuk because of his vul. So therefore, we connect these points. In other words, these people are forever punished because of what they're doing. to vul. Veins vul of base Mikdash. We know that the term vul is the base of Mikdash. Shinamar bano banisi base vul lach. It says by Shlomo Hamelach. When he built it, he says, I have surely built a house of Zavul. What about these people? These people who fight with Hashem, they should be shattered, totally destroyed. That's a reference here to these people. Okay. So now the Gemara clarifies a little bit about all the information that we digested. So it says that um, when we were talking about the middle group, we said there were three groups and the middle group, so we said that according to Beishama, they go down to Ganem for a very short time, they scream in pain, and then they come up. They're purified. So the Gemara says about these people, their faces are like the bottom of the pot, meaning there's like a, a, an indelible impression of black, blackness, which is left on their face uh, because of their brief visit into Ganem. So the bottom of the pot, even though you scrub it, it gets a little bit, always has a certain blackness. These people have a certain blackness. So Amar Rava, the Inu, these people, they're from the most pretty, handsome people from the people of Mechuzah. As Rashi explains, the people of Mechuzah lived in a very rich lifestyle. Um, that even though they look so good and they take care of their bodies perfectly in this world, but eventually even they could theoretically be blackened by the Ganim. They're going to be called the sons of the people of Ganim. So the point is that we're saying they're going to go to Olam Haba, but there's, a, there's something tainted about it. There's like a residual effect over here where there's like a blackened face that they have from their short time in Ganim. Okay, so that was Bishamai. These people were in the middle, scream, go, scream a little bit, and then ascend and go to Olam Abba. But Amar Mar, Bishol said, no. For Rab Chesed, Mate Klape Chesed. It means that Kalish Baruch Hu just tips the scale. 
and he puts these middle people towards the kindness that they don't have to go to Gehenim at all. So the Gemara asks, It says at the end of the Pasuk, and the Bryce quoted this Pasuk, that I'm going to bring the third group into fire. Right? This was the Pasuk that Beishamai introduced to show that the people who are in the middle have a little bit of fire. So our, basically what the Gemara is asking is that according to Basila, that the middle group doesn't go to Gehenim. They're just, oh, we tilt the scales. So what do we do with the Pasuk? The Pasuk clearly says there's a, th- a third group that's going to Gehenim. So the Gemara explains, Hasam Baposhi Yisrael Bagufa. Now, and now this is really going to answer what we didn't understand. After it mentioned that that the the Benonim, then it mentioned the group of Poshi Yisrael Bagufa. Now, who are those people? We're going to see what sin they do. But they're rebels who sin with their body. So the rebels who sin with their body, we were trying kind of trying to figure out like where did, it said that they go for um, twelve months into get into Ge'anim, and then they get their their ashes scattered under the feet of the tzaddikim. Where did they fit in? Where, are they a third group, a fourth group? What's going on? So the Gemara is explaining that's what Basil says is the third group. According to Basil, the regular intermediate people, the regular Benonim, just get the scales tilted klapeches. The pasuk which says that there's a third group that's going to Gehenim, that's referencing people who rebel um, with their body. And so we're saying those are the third group that we're talking about. So the Gemara says, You said they have no takana, right? What happens? They get totally scattered. Their ashes turn, all their souls turn into ashes. And this Pasuk, that Hashem will bring the the third group into into fire, clearly it says they're going to be purified. It says, I'm going to bring them into into fire. I will purify them like silver and gold, right? It's good. And then they're going to go to Olam Abba. So how could you say it's talking about the Poshe Yisrael? We said that what happens to the Poshe Yisrael is that they, their, their ashes get, they eventually they turn into ash and they get scattered under the feet of Gehenim, uh, under the feet of Tzadikim. So what's going on? So the Gemara explains like this. It gets a little, it gets a little technical. When do the people of Poshe Yisrael Begufa and have no fix, meaning they're just totally turned into ashes? That means not only do they have mostly sin, so they're first of all the Risham, but more than that, they also have the type of sins that they're Poshi Yisrael Begufan. So it's also a specific type of sin, which we're going to talk about what makes somebody a rebel. But there's, they have that as well in the list of their majority of sins. So they've done a majority of sin and only a minority of mitzvahs. And in addition, not only are they Stam Rishon, but in addition, the type of sins that they have are included in those sins are Poshi Yisrael Begufan. Those are the people who are totally burned to the extent that their souls become ashes so they lose the identity of soul and then they're placed under the tzaddikim. That's the really bad category. But the Pasuk which is saying that they're put into fire and purified, we're dealing with someone who's half, who's half transgressions, half merits, exactly 50-50. But is Bunami Avon Poshi Amongst the sins is the sin of Poshi Srabagufan. So those people, they need to go to Ganim and they need to be purified. So, so therefore it's insufficient if he's not brought for some time in Gehenim and that's the Pasuk saying I'm going to bring them into fire. But if it's them half-half and they don't have the type of sin that's Poshe Yisrael then then just tilts the scale. So let me try to make like a, a bit of a sequel here because it gets a little bit complicated where there are all these categories. If it, we, we started out just saying Sadiqim are good, eternal life, Risham are, are always in Gehenim, but their souls are intact. And then we have the people in the middle, Bishamai says they get a tiny Gehenim and they're purified. Basil just says Hashem tilts the scale. So within Basil's opinion, Hashem just tilts the scale. What we're clarifying now is that that's assuming there's no really bad sin. Just half-half, okay, you didn't have enough mitzvahs. Hashem will just merav chesed. Tilt the scale to chesed, everything will be good. You don't have to go to Gehenim at all. If included in the 50-50, 
some of the 50 of the sins are Poshi Yisrael Gufan. the person has rebelled with his body, which again, we'll see what that sin is. Then, even Basil agrees that they have to go to Gehenna for a short period of time. Now, what happens if I have a Rasha and, and included in his majority of sins are Poshi Yisrael Gufan? he's rebelled with his body? That's when we say his soul is completely consumed, it, comes, it turns completely into ash, and he's put under the feet of, uh, of the tzaddik. So now the Gemara continues. Right, we were saying that this is the idea of the 50-50 that our Kaddish Baruch Hu was so nice to us that, that, that instead of putting us in Gehenim, when it's 50-50, he just tilts the scale. And Darish Rav, what does that mean? I love when Hashem hears me and what I daven for. What does this mean? The Jewish people in general, the collective community says to Hashem, when is it, when am I beloved to you? Meaning, when is it ahavti? Normally, you would translate the Pasuk like, I love Hashem. But ahavti, we're saying, no, not I love, but I am loved. When am I loved in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? When you listen to my davening. So it's more like, ahavti osi, you have loved me. You have loved me when you listen to what I asked for. I was poor, but Hashem still saved me. Even though I'm poor in mitzvot, it's still fitting for you to save me. So this is again a reference to the the the, the name who don't have enough merits to outweigh their averos, but Hakadosh Baruch who still stay, saves them from Gehenim by tipping the scales. That's the idea. So so it's interesting when we're saying the pasuk, we're always talking about the way we know Hashem loves us so much is that even in our, our poor moments, Dalosi, even when we became poor, we don't have enough skuyos, who still is able to save us and tilt the scale. So now we mentioned before that we have the people who rebel with their body. Remember, we mentioned that that means if they're half and half, they do have to go to Gadam in a little bit. And if it's, if it's majority of sin and they're also rebels, then they have to totally turn into ashes. So what sins are these people doing? Very scary Gemara. It's the head that wasn't where it's filling. If a person is negligent, he has disdain from the mitzvah and no interest in putting on tefillin. That's what we're talking about. It's a poshe Yisrael begufan. It's a very physical thing. Poshe begufan. What is that? We said rebels of the other nations of the world and when they rebel with their body, obviously that's not tefillin. They don't have the mitzvah tefillin. So amara means bad relations. And these are things that they have, right? They have adultery. And uh, again, Jews could be guilty of that as well. But the Gemara is pointing out that you could even have Poshe Umasa Olam, the, non, the Gentiles who sin, rebel with their body itself. And that is talking about something like uh, immoral relationships. Okay, then we continue. The Brides have said, what are other people? The people who are forever, they outlive Ganim. The people we saw the, who are against the Torah, they deny the faith. Uh, people who inform on Kalah Yisrael. And then it continued in the list, They instilled the, their fear into everybody else into all their constituents. So the Gemara says, This is a leader. He's so intimidating. He puts fear. He does it not for the sake of heaven, just, you know, to scare people. This guy is like a, uh, it's like a dictator, you know, like a bad dictator. Someone like that, he's someone who gets punished excessively. So the Gemara says, Anyone who does this, he instills too much fear in the people without the right intent. He'll never have a Torah scholar for his son. People fear him. He won't see any wise of heart. Meaning he won't have any children who are good and wise of heart. Meaning for someone who is just too busy putting excessive fear into the community. Okay. 
Now we talk more about this Rav Chesed, how HaKadosh Baruch Hu tilts the scales. Basil Omer, again, we said for somebody who's 50-50, he's not necessarily pushing yourself a goof on. He didn't necessarily, you know, fail to put on filling, but he's just 50-50, so he said the category with such a person as HaKadosh Baruch Hu just tilts the scales, no issue. So how does he do that? So the Gemara gets a little bit more involved in the, in the actual process. Hechi of it. How does Hashem tip it? Like, what's the process? So Rabbi Lezer Omer Kovsho, what happens is he pushes down the side that has this chosim, like imagine you have a scale, right? The heavier scale, the heavier side goes down. So it's half-half, it's hanging perfectly balanced. Like, Kodesh puts a little bit of pressure onto the side that has the chosim to push it down. Shnemer Yoshev Yorachaminu, it says Hashem will have mercy on us, Yichvosh Avonoseinu. He will outweigh our sins. Adam Kodesh Baruch outweigh our sins. He pushes down the side of the merits. Rabbi Yosef Merchanina Amar, no say. He picks up the side of the Averis, meaning the opposite. He puts pressure to pick up the other side of Averis, and then naturally the schusim win. Shnemar no say of him. He lifts up the side of sin for over Alpesha, and he therefore overlooks transgression. Now, what do you think the difference is between this, right? What's the part? What's the, it's the difference, right? It's semantics. Do I push down the, uh, the mitzvahs or do I push up the Averis? But the idea is that there's a bechina of judgment, and there's a very important idea that Maral speaks about this a lot. There's, there's a bechina of judgment. What it means to Rav Chesed is that, you know, when you say HaKadosh Baruch it seems half-half, but there's a deeper scrutiny and a belief in a person that their mitzvah had more value than it seemed. To push down the side with the mitzvahs means HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees more schos in a mitzvah that we did. No say avon means the opposite. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees an Aver, which one did, it seems bad, but through the Midah of Chesed, he's boiching, he scrutinizes that it wasn't as bad as it seems. There's less guilt that is associated with that there. That's what it means. It's not just like, you know, random, go like this, go like this. There's a deeper sense of judgment. You know, it's a very deep thing. Obviously, the hard part when you learn this, which, which there's many hard parts when you learn this, and these things are really beyond us to understand how Kodesh Baruch Hu's judgment, but the hard part is to imagine that you're, you're exactly 50-50. Right, that's really the hardest part. Like we're learning this whole thing, right? Tzadikim are when it's tzadikim are when we're, we're, we're mostly mitzvot. Rishon are when we're mostly avirus. And this whole discussion of Rav Chesed is when we're fifty-fifty. You have the same thing on on, uh, on Rosh Hashanah, right? We say that the tzadikim nachtamim l'chaim la'alter. We learned yesterday Rishon and nachtamim l'misa la'alter and benonim are tzulim v'omdim until until uh, until Yom Kippur. And we saw the Rambam says avirus. What does a benon mean? Right, fifty-fifty. So we all believe we're 50-50, right? We're sitting very hard to exactly understand what it means to be 50-50 and what it means that there's a deeper bechina in that and how HaKadosh Baruch Hu pushes down the side of uh, the, the side of the mitzvahs or pushes up the side of the Averis. Then the Gemara has a third solution. And finally, we'll understand this. We always say during the Avni, right? what is that? So what it means is the first sin that comes to be weighed, HaKadosh Baruch Hu just takes it away. It's a fascinating thing. Hashem Baruch does not put on the scale the first sin. He just basically, it's a way of saying, he makes sure that one sin doesn't get in the cheshman. And the idea, how could that be? The idea is that the first time a person sins, we think it's totally an anomaly. And until the second time, it doesn't make anything. So even though you put, right, a person continued to sin, such a you put onto the scale eventually. But we say no, that the first sin, before the other one comes in, Hashem Baruch already pushed it away. That's the meat of chesed. That's the midah, the way it operates. Says the Gemara, That doesn't mean that it's, that it's, you know, there's nothing. It's not a race. If there's a majority of sins, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts that sin on the scale as well. 
It just means that if it would be 50-50, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes sure that it doesn't get in the scale, and then it's, it's going to be tilted toward the tzad of mitzvahs. So if there's a majority of sin, and the first sin is included. But if it's 50-50, the way it works is that the first sin never gets put on the scale. The first sin is just an anomaly. It doesn't stand for itself. And therefore, the, the scale ends up tilting to mitzvahs. Says the Gemara Amar Rava. Something we can learn from the Pesukim that we just quoted. So being mavra lamidos means that we naturally have characteristics, whatever it is, our pride, our gaiva, our kas, whatever our midos are. Anyone who's mavra on them, he passes over them, meaning that he's able to be transcendent of his natural characteristics. Forgives you, right? He takes away all his sins. Tremendous clues. We're mavra and our midos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu just takes away our veros. So we explain the minos avon for who does HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Um, pass, I pardon all our sins. Lemisha over our pastor. Someone overlooks sins against themselves. So it's an interesting thing. Someone is mean to you, but you're able to be above it. Then Hakadosh Baruch Hu forgives your sins. Says the Gemara story. Rav Huna Beit Rav Yishua Chalash. Rav Huna Beit the Sefer Yishua became sick. Oh, Rav Papa Shuli Beit Rav Papa went to visit him. Chaze he observes that 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 um, he observes that Rav Huna the Chalash Le'Alma. He's about like the world is too heavy for him. He's about to die. He sees that he's on the brink of death. Amalit Tzvisu Le'Zvada. He says. Go give him, like, say the ladakh, meaning go provide for him his needs for the funeral. Go get shrouds, whatever it is, meaning he was certain he was going to die. But so of Isbach, when in the end, Ravuna actually miraculously recovered. So Rapapa was very embarrassed because evidently Ravuna heard Rapapa say about him, go get the man some shrouds. Like, it, it, it was pretty embarrassing for Rapapa to meet Ravuna afterwards. So they said to Ravuna, what did you see? Meaning, this is an idea that sometimes a person on the brink of death is able to see what it's going to be. And if he has a miraculous recovery, then he has certain memories of, of the impressions that his, like his soul was about to meet, reach. So they said, what did you, you see? It was exactly like Rabbi Papa said. He was right that I was about to die. He said at the last moment, he said, since he's not Marvel, since he's Marvel Dosef, right? He's tolerant against other people who do bad to him. Then, then we shouldn't have any strict just, ju- judgment against him and he should live. The same idea, to who is HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows the Avon, to the person who overlooks the sins that are done to him, HaKadosh Baruch Hu pardons him. However, now we see a scary point. What is the next words in the Pasuk? To the people who are left over from the heritage of Klai Yisrael. So Amar, Rav Akbar, Hanina, Al There's a fat tail here, meaning this, this is a gavaldiga yisoyed, that Hashem can help us, but there's a thorn in the tail, meaning it comes with a grain of salt. It says in the Pasuk, is only for the remnants of the, of the Nachla of Klai Yisrael. So this doesn't happen to everybody. It's only effective for somebody who treats himself like Shirayim. Shirayim are a leftover scrap of food. So if somebody treats himself like Shirayim, he doesn't, he's not arrogant, he doesn't believe so much in himself, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu is able to do this whole thing and say, if he's, he's Mavra Al-Hizmidos, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu forgives him. But this method doesn't work for everybody. If somebody's too into himself, then it doesn't necessarily work. Says the Gemara of Huna Rami, of Huna has this Tirak Sevis, says in the Pasuk, Sadik Hashem Achodorachal. Hashem is Sadik. What does Sadik mean? Sidok means just. Just means like Midas Haddin. Then we always say he's Chasid Ochomasav. Chasid means Lifnim Yishur Sadin. And he's not going with exact judgment. So which one is it? Is Hashem Sadik or is Hashem Achasid? 
So the Gemara explains, initially, he judged it precisely. He sees that the world can't really endure this. And he changes into a chassid. This is basically the same idea as the world started off with Elohim. But Lamais Hashem saw that it can't work that way, so he invoked the Midas Arachman. Says the Gemara Blazer Rami, Hashem Chesed. It sounds like Hashem is always forgiving. It says at the end of the same Pasuk here, uh, the Pasuk here is in Tehillim. It says, that you pay. So which one is it basically? So what is it we're saying? We're saying it depends. In the beginning, it's the Shalom Hashem judges us. But in the end, we have Chesed. So in the end, basically the same idea. There's two different ways Hashem can judge us. It starts off ideally within, but if it cannot endure that way, the world is too, it can't exist that way, then Hashem uh, changes into Chesed. A third type of idea where we see that ilfa ra'amla ilfa ilfa and some people say it was ilfa rami they have a contradiction. Ksiv v'rav chesed. It sounds like Hashem is doing v'rav chesed. He's judging us mercifully. Ksiv v'emes, but it says it's emes. So which one is it? Ravila v'emes. In the beginning, it's truth. It's so v'rav chesed. So there's always a big kasha on this. So why is the pasuk out of order? We're saying Hashem initially judges us with it wants to judge us with emes, but if it doesn't work, then it's rav chesed. But my so the order in the gimel midas is emes is the end, right? So how do we understand? It seems wrong order. And yet the same are in the previous Gemara. So it sounds like the idea is, even from the ideal, the ideal is, even though that's the way it's supposed to be, but it's presented to us like it's the last thing. It's a very, uh, very deep message about the way, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows, right? He doesn't go through it and then realize it doesn't work. He, he does it, there's meant to be an ideal for us, but it's still the ideal is the last. We need to live more with the primary of Chesed. So it says the Gemara, very famous pasuk. What does it mean by the Yigimomidas Hashem passes in front of us? What does that mean? By Yavar Hashem Alpanov. Hashem passes something on his face. What is that? Saying it, it would have been impossible to say. What, why is it so impossible? Because we're about to say something like really brazen. Hashem himself wrapped himself up in a talus. He covered his face. He puts the talus over his head. He shows Moshe how to daven. He was maralo to Moshe. This idea that there's like a, there's like a demonstration, which is a very interesting thing. This is the one thing our Kodesh Baruch Hu can't say the Yigimulidas. Hashem Kodesh Baruch Hu has to demonstrate it. There's a physical thing where our Kodesh Baruch Hu puts the talis on. He wraps himself in it and he says to Moshe, Amarlo, Kosmanchi Yisrochotin. Any time the Jewish people sin, they should do like this. And again, the Kilashun, the Maral's Medayik, Yasu, they should do. The Yud Gimomidas are now about saying. They're about, they're about expressing. They're about demonstrating. And that's why it's so important. The talis, the covering the face. It's about the humility. It's about finding HaKadosh Baruch Hu under there. Something about the physical representation here of HaKadosh Baruch Hu doing it this way. And we're following physically. Then I will forgive them. It's a guarantee. Uh, but if you do like this, then... Um, then, then, then we're able, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will guarantee that he will forgive us. Says the Gemara, now we go through some of the Yudkimomidas, Hashem, Hashem. So what's the double language, right? Hashem and Hashem. I am the same Hashem before a person sins, the same Hashem after he does it, after he sins and he does the Shuba. So again, what's the Pashup Shah? The Hashem means Rachman. So Rashi explains that what it's saying is that Hashem is Rachman with us before we sin and he is Rachman with us after we sin. So the obvious question is, what do we need Hashem's Rachman before we sin? But it means that Hashem and His initiates, He knows what we will do to a certain degree, whatever that means. And 
despite the fact that he's aware of, of the potential that we're going to do bad, he still is able to have rachman on us before. And then, obviously, the second one, we need it with his rachman after we sin. Kel, Rachum, and Chanun, these are all the Yudumidos, Amar Abu Yuda, first crucial the Shoshan Yudas. There's a covenant which was made about the Shoshan Yudas, Shainu Chazim Rekom, they never return empty without having an affection. Amar Hinei Nochi, Kores Baris. That's what it says right by the Yudas. Hinei Nochi, Kores Baris. Kores Baris means it's a covenant that will always work, and this is pretty much a reference to what the Gemara said before that as long as we do this, there's a guarantee that we get Kapar. Amar Abu Yochanan, Gedoyla Teshuva. Teshuva is great. Why? It can tear up a person's decree. Meaning the Gemara is saying here that Teshuva, even if there is already a decree, it, it can rip up the decree. Shinamar says in the Pasuk, it says that the people is fattened in the heart. They have hardened their ears. They have sealed their eyes. Doesn't want to see with his with his eyes, hear with his with his ears, and understand with his heart, and then repent and be healed. So the pasuk in here in Yeshaya is talking. It doesn't seem that the people want to do any teshuva. They're adamant. They're refusing to listen to the navi. What they're saying is that they don't want to improve the situation. They don't want to be healed. So the pasuk is mashma that if they would change, then they would be healed. So even though there was already Xardin, there was already a decree that the base of Midrash was going to be destroyed, but if the people now would change, then they would get that decree ripped up. So we see over here that repentance can nullify an evil decree. So the Gemara says, well, how do we know that there was a decree in the Pasuk? Maybe the Pasuk is only referring to a time before the Xardin was given, but after the decree is issued, maybe at that point it's too late, and repentance, which comes a little bit too late, um, cannot be, can't, you know, it can't work. So the Gemara says, Amalei, Abai responds, V'rafa loksev. It says, and it will heal. What does it mean to heal? There has to be exardin, right? Impeel, you don't heal someone who's not sick yet. If the person is sick, it means that there's already exardin. It's not just a potential threat. If we're saying that, that, that right, right, if we're talking about the base of is going to be destroyed at the same time we're saying we have to heal, it must mean that there was exardin, there was an evil decree, there was a verdict, and now they're in that, in the, in, in, in the danger means that they're sick with the, with the decree, and therefore we have a raya from here that teshuva can rip up an evil decree. Okay, so what's the yisayi? The yisayi is that we're saying, exardin is exardin, but teshuva is greater. Teshuva can rip up exardin. So the Gemara says, Mesve, is this true? It says, between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, what's the whole Yisrael of Aseris mean? Shuvah Ashov being time, someone who repents between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, Mochumo. He gets Machilosh being time, if he didn't repent, Afiluevi ko alien of Ashbeolim, even if he brought all the rams of Nevaios. Nevaios is a place and has amazing animals. Even if he brings all the Karbanos in the world in Mochumo, you don't get Kapar. What do we see? That once Yom Kippur passes, a person's fate is sealed. There's a sealing that occurs. And with that seal, that's it, right? In other words, that is the Xardin, and it's final, and there's nothing that you can do afterwards to change it. So it's a caution of what we're saying. We're saying here, Gedola Teshuva, Teshuva is able to rip up a Xardin. Here we see that after, after Yom Kippur, there is no changing the Xardin that happened. The Xardin is final. So the Gemara defends. Lokasha, Habi Yachid. The price is talking about a Yachid. When an individual does Teshuva after Yom Kippur, it's too late. The teshuva has to be by Yom Kippur. Before Yom Kippur, after Yom Kippur, once the Xardin is there, he can't change the verdict. Habit Tzibor, but Rabbi Yochanan said he was talking about a Tzibor. The whole community. The community has the power to rip up the Xardin. A communal teshuva has a whole different level of teshuva. 
So it's a very interesting thing. There's an idea of the communal teshuva where everybody together collectively does teshuva as a tzibor. That rips up the xartin. That's the navi, the pasuk in Yeshaya that even though you have xartin, the base mesh will be destroyed if you do teshuva, will be changed. But then you have the yachid for your your personal thing that after Yom Kippur, whatever was sealed, the seal, that's it. Even teshuva afterwards. Well, it's good, you'll be closer to Hashem, but it won't change the xartin which was already given. For the Gemara, still mates, it says in the price, huh? It says that Hashem is always looking at the eyes, his eyes are always in Eretz Yisrael from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. So the Bryce says like this, what does that mean Hashem is always looking at Yisrael, at the land of Eretz Yisrael? Sometimes it's for good, sometimes it's for bad, meaning he's looking at it, the eyes, meaning he's supervising it, he's scrutinizing, he's always seeing it. Sometimes it ends up being good, sometimes bad. What does that mean? Let's say at the time of the Rosh Hashanah when we were judged, the Jewish people were bad. So Hashem decided, because we were bad, we're not supposed to get so much rain that year. But Lasov Chazulam says the bride, so what happens if sometime during the year, some, the Israel does Teshuvah? At this point, it's impossible to add onto the rains. Because the decree was already given. He can't change the decree. So what is HaKadosh Baruch going to do? He wants to help us, but he can't because the decree already was given that we're not supposed to have so much rain. So what's he going to do? El HaKadosh Baruch Hu He's going to take the little rain that was decreed, but bring it, package it in the most beneficial way. He's going to bring it on the best time, the time which is most beneficial for growth in the land. And he's going to bring it, he's going to concentrate it on the lands that need it more. is everything according to that particular land. So meaning... Sometimes a little rain, if, it, if, it's, if it's rationed out with the right thought and precision, it can have a great impact. So that means HaKadosh Baruch Hu can't change and add on to the, the verdict. He can't change and give us more rain. But he can change, not change, he can, he can give it to us in a, a specific way which will be most beneficial. But there are times where it could be for bad. HaKadosh Baruch Hu supervises our soul for the bad. What does that mean? Imagine the Jewish people were totally righteous in Rosh so it was decided that we deserve a ton of rain. But eventually the Jewish people did bad. They changed their ways and they started doing bad things. So You can't reduce the amount of rain which was already promised. Again, once the decree is there, the decree is there. The verdict is final. We can make sure that the lot of rain which was promised to us is not going to be so beneficial. It's going to come not at the right time. It's going to come not on the right land. So HaKadosh Baruch who we see is adjusting the impact of the decree. But he's not changing the actual decree. So Frak the Gemara here is talking about the Klal Yisrael is doing Teshuvah, right? It's saying the whole, the whole world, right? The whole idea of how much rain the world is going to come. And it's still saying Hashem can't change how much rain is going to come. Latova meal, l'kriv, l'kzardin, Frak the Gemara, if we were bad on Rosh Hashanah, so it was decreed, we don't get so much rain. But after Rosh Hashanah, we do Teshuvah, but now we're better. Hashem should rip up the original decree and give us more rain. Why is HaKadosh Baruch who only like rationing it out with, in a beneficial way, it should be more than that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu should just rip up the total amount of rain that was, that was decreed and just give us more rain. So the Gemara answers, it's different in this case because it's possible to improve the situation through doing this. Meaning, it's if necessary, you're right. HaKadosh Baruch Hu could rip up Exardin if the Tzibor does Teshuvah. But it's not necessary because he could just take the same amount of rain and just distribute it in a more beneficial way. But the power of teshuva in Achanami, if necessary, teshuva would always be able to rip up a gzardin if it comes from the tzibar. 
We look at a pasuk, very famous pasuk here in Tehillim. We're talking about people who go down to the sea. This is the four, right? The pasuk talks about the people who are in danger and are saved that they think Hashem. So it says those they go down to the sea in ships. And they do their work in great waters. So they have seen the great works of Hashem. Why? Because the Pasuk says, Hashem spoke and he raises a stormy wind and then he lifted his he lifts the waves. And they're all scared at the people at sea. They're scared and they're walking around like drunk people, meaning they're in the danger. What happens? The Pasuk says these people on the ship, they cry out to Hashem, they daven, and they do teshuva, and Hashem saves them. And then what does the Pasuk say? Famous words, right? These people, they bring a carbon toda, they think a Kaddish Baruch Hu, they tell everybody about what a Kaddish Baruch Hu did, so on and so forth. So if you look in the Pasuk and Tehillim, you'll see that a Kaddish Baruch Hu puts signs between the Pesukim. What does it mean, a simon? You know, like the inver nun around in the Sefer Torah by Vahib and Soharon, right? You've got the backwards nuns. It's like parent, like parentheses almost. So you have the inverted nuns before and after uh, these. Uh, this over here. Why? Why are they? Why is it like it? They're expounded like the words ach and rock in the Torah, meaning to say that there's a limitation on this on these people. What's the limitation? teaches you that this idea that the people at sea are going to be shaved is only if they quickly daven before the gzardin. But if they cry out only after the Gemara din, they're not going to be answered. So that's why there's inverted nuns and these Tukim and to say, even though the Pasuk is describing people doing Teshuvah and being saved, it's only limited. It's limited to before the Gzar din. After the, the decree is already final, that's it. There's no changing it. So what's the Kasha? This is a community. You got everybody at this, on, the, on the boat. Imagine, you know, you got the whole Titanic there. If everybody would have done Teshuvah, what would have happened? So we're saying here that it can only be saved before the Dag Martin and Achavik Martin. But we said before that when a community does teshuva, Kedola Tshuva from the community, that it can rip up the Gzardin. So isn't that a stira? Why are we saying the inverted nuns are telling us that teshuva only works before the Gzardin? I thought we said the communal power of teshuva could rip up the Gzardin. So the Gemara answer is, Hani Namikiachidin Damo. The people at sea are treated like individuals. So the Shaila is what the Vard is. Why are they treated like individuals, right? So the idea, and this is what's hard about it, is that it seems like when they're at the sea, the Pasuk, this limitation is saying, even if they all do Teshuvah, but they didn't do it together. Meaning, not specifically that they couldn't do it together. But what the Gemara means is, sometimes you could have a bunch of people who are all doing Teshuvah, but they're not doing it for everyone together. They're doing it as a bunch of individuals. And that's what we mean to say that the, in, the inverted nuns are there and saying, even if they all do Teshuvah, but since they didn't do it as a seaboard, they just each individually were doing it. They, you know, imagine everybody's on a ship. So there's different ways you can come together. You, there's different ways. But if you all happen to be doing Teshuvah, that still only has the power of Teshuvah of Yachid. And there, that's where we invoke the inverted nun limitation that it's only going to be before the Xardin. But in the Hanami, if you would ever have a power of communal Teshuvah where raises up, everybody's doing it for everyone else, like together, then it would be, and Achanami would rip up the, the Gzardin. Says the Gemara, Tashma, we look at a long price. Below the Gyurus one time asked uh, Rabbi Gamliel, it says in the Torah, Hashem doesn't show any favor, right? There's no, Hashem is never partial to anyone or anything. Hashem is exactly just. But we know it says in the Pasuk, Hashem will show the Jewish people favor. So what, what, how could there be such a bracha if Hashem also has no, doesn't show favor? 
So the coin started talking to her, to this woman who asked this question. Let me give you a parable. Someone who had a claim of a mana against his friend, meaning someone was owed a mana by somebody else. He gave him a mana to borrow, and he hasn't paid back the debt. And they, the debtor set a time for repayment to the creditor in front of the king. In front of the king, you know, they, they made up a time he was supposed to pay him back. The debtor swore by the life of the king to the creditor that he would repay him. But the time comes and he doesn't repay him. So the, the debtor comes and instead of being Mephias, the creditor, he tries to be Mephias the king. He says, I'm so sorry, king. I didn't pay back my friend on time. I feel so bad. I know I lied, but I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. So what does the king say? The king says very clearly, I can forgive you for my Kavod. I'm fine with that. But my, what about your friend? What about the creditor? You have to appease your fellow. You got to go. You've defaulted on the loan. You got to go pay him. So the same thing happens. When does Hashem just show us favor and everything's all good? That's Hashem can forgive us. No problem. When it says that Hashem never shows favor, it means that if I sin against my friend, I can't go crying to Hashem and say, Hashem, I'm so sorry. Hashem says, I know, I can, I can, I can, be, I can, be, I can forgive what you've done. But you have to ask your friend forgiveness. So that's, that's how the claim existing between two people, Hashem cannot show any favor. That was the answer that he gave to the Gioras. Fine, that was his answer. Rabbi Kiva then came and he taught Rabbi Kiva had a different answer. You don't have to say, you could say, when does it say Hashem is going to show us favor? That's before the Gzardin. Before the Gzardin, Hashem can show us favor. Teshuva can help. Then there's no yis upon him. Hashem doesn't show any favor. The Gzardin is final. So again now, Kashan Rabbi Yechonin. Rabbi Yechonin said that Teshuva can rip up the Gzardin here in the price. So based upon Rabbi Kiva's answer, what do we see? Exardin is, is, is final. It cannot be ripped up. That's when it says it's Lois upon him after the Exardin. So the Gemara answer is Achanami be Yachid. The price is only dealing with the Yachid's Shuba. But in Achanami, if it's Sibar does the Shuba, then even after the Exardin is already, is already given, we could say that the Shuba will rip it up.